Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager for Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. And we're doing something a little unique tonight. I don't think we've ever done this before. It's currently the second intermission of the Blackhawks and Capitals game. The Hawks are up three to two. And we're going to record during whatever's left of this intermission and the third period because the way scheduled things worked out, this seemed to be like the best time to get the whole group together. So if you hear any random outbursts or random F-bombs or random whatever, just know it's probably related to what is happening during the hockey game. So with that uh, explained already, let's bring in all of the usual line mates who have assembled once again this evening. Up first, the analytics styling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price. Hey, what up? It's, it's the kid who's afraid of needles who took one in each arm this morning. Do you go? Do you go? COVID boost and flu shot at the same time? Yep. That's yep. that's that is the way to do it. I did the same thing, and I I think I'm a superhero now. Yeah, I both of my arms hurt, and I don't think biking for two hours this afternoon was the right choice. But uh, you do what you do. Well, I mean, like the you bike with your legs, you got the shots in your arms, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that was my thought process. I mean, that, I mean, I'm I'm sure my medical opinion is exactly correct here so you know right yeah shepherd by the way is on twitter at shepherd price also with us this evening and he is the second city hockey what maynard james keenan is the tool it is mil savage whether you like it or you don't second city hockey's musings on madison podcast is the greatest food podcast going today it is the best food themed hockey podcast that exists on the internet uh, once again, check the Nielsen ratings can confirm. Um, once again, I, I think that that's what we said, right? Food themed hockey podcast. That's what we settled on last week after I fucked you're, it up the first time. You're yeah. in charge it's here, a, Dave. Especially, especially now that Wyszynski is off puck soup. We definitely have that claim. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, maybe we'll have to just rebrand and get, get a food reference in our title and then we can officially declare ourselves the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet. And uh, I'm having a Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA tall boy. So I, uh, I just cracked a high life because the champagne of beers, because why not? Because I'm, I'm living the high life because the Blackhawks are winning a game right now. I, After I like a crazy, crazy second period. Yeah. Don't jinx them, Dave. Yeah, I know. We, we, <laughs> that's why I'm enjoying it now. Got to savor the small victories when you can get them. And speaking of that, uh, you just heard her voice. She's the last person to bring in this evening. She is not on Twitter, but you can find her stuff at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. And she is, of course, the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. It is Betsy. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I've been going to a couple of, like, you know, activities with people, which is exhausting. And <laughs> also, I'm really out of shape with social drinking. And tomorrow night is going to be the big test because I'm going to an open bar where there's unlimited drinks, is that like a zoo? Like yeah, stuff. So I'm no. like animals and drinking. Sweet. 
Okay. Like it, it sounds fun, but I also feel like there's going to be one drunk idiot at a zoo. Like you, like something, I feel like this is a recipe for a disaster. Do they like beef up the security when this happens? Do they have to have like extra people to make sure nobody falls into the, into the lion's den or something? I've never been, I've been to the aquarium after dark and they definitely have, you know, they don't let you do like the back tours that go above tanks so that you can't fall into stuff. But okay. this is also a work function. So I think yeah. <laughs> people are going, no, I think people will be on their, a little bit more good behavior. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Well, they also, after they also after a like, drinks, maybe not. You know, the zoo's outdoors and they were like, we're still going to recommend masks. And I'm like, how am I supposed to double fist drinks at an open <laughs> bar? <laughs> and I have to keep pulling down my mask. I'm going to need you guys. Has somebody created a mask uh, that also allows you to drink at the same time? Like you like hook up a straw into it or something. I feel like that's a technology that's got to exist somewhere by now. We've been doing this for a year and a half. I mean, I've you can just a stick book. a straw underneath like the side of the mask. Yeah, I know. But I feel like there's somebody that made like made the straw more of a more part of the package. You don't have to work around it somehow. I feel like when you go somewhere where a mask is required, but there's booze, as long as you have a beer or like a drink rather in your hand, uh, they don't care. Like uh, Shay could probably confirm because we were both at the same AEW Thanksgiving show. And like if someone had a drink, they just wore their mask around their chin and nobody said anything. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not worried about people getting mad at it. I'm just worried about like, it would be like, everybody stand away from me while, while I drink a lot. <laughs> Five feet radius. I'm going to need you to, or what? Six feet. Sorry. Six feet radius while I drink. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but man, open bar. That's uh, like, I feel like I, I, my only open bar experiences have all been at weddings. So Fair being well, a wedding type beat. Yeah. Well, if, if there's not, if there's not open bar, if the wedding doesn't have an open bar, then what's the point of having the wedding? Like don't, don't. Invite yeah. Me. Um, but open part is zoo. I, I can't wait to hear the report back next week. That's going to, I'm looking forward to that already. I mean, Dave, you've been to plenty of Chicago sports events. That's kind of like a bar to open bar to zoo. Yeah. But I still have to pay for it. And especially in Chicago, it gets a little pricey after a while. Well, for you, but there are plenty of people who don't give a shit and they, they overdo it anyways and fall into the lion's den <laughs> or maybe, maybe the, uh, uh, what's it called? The, uh, bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could definitely do that at the cell. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I don't know if Shay, if you remember this, but it felt like last when they, I think they like fans were in from the first game of the season and they slowly ramped up capacity, worked up to hundred percent in like April and May. It felt like every white Sox home game, there was another fight in the crowd that was like circulating on Twitter. Yeah, there was a ton of fights at White Sox games this last year. I don't know what that was about. I it think, was, like, the majority of it was that the Cardinals were there, and it was only St. Louis's fault. But, well, I'm sure that was a big part of it. But those only, like, three, four games. Like, it was it was routine. Something about the bleachers in left center, man. Like, I was, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to go sit there. Like, I don't. And which is weird, because if there's a fight at Wrigley, it's, like, more in, like, the concourse area, not at, like, the bleachers. Everyone's too hammered. It's like the that opposite. might be the problem. That might be the problem is that everybody's too hammered in the bleachers. Because I've been to plenty of like Cubs Cardinal games and even in the bleachers, and like people get pissy, but I've never seen a fight like in the bleachers. So that's kind of weird. Oh well, there's but, a, there's always a good time for a first. I mean, I, I know they happen. I just feel like they happen elsewhere. Whereas because the Sox, I usually sit in the bleachers there, and it's fine. Yeah, I mean. 
maybe it was just a bad month. I don't know. Or just okay. people forgot how to be around each other in public again. Or everyone forgot how to handle their booze again. As... Or they're fighting over the garlic fries. Because <laughs> they are delicious. Yeah, that, yeah. Can confirm on that. So this is right before we get into this. Um, they're coming back from the second intermission. So I assume you guys all have the game on a screen somewhere nearby you. Yes. Uh, what are have, has the game started for you, any of you yet? No. Um, my computer sketched out, so I'm gonna go put my TV on. <laughs> they're uh, okay. they're showing off like the 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 flower 500. Okay. Uh, okay. This I is very Bondurant. <laughs> Dave, you remember Bondra's 500? Yes, yeah, yeah. Peter Bondra scored 498 goals everywhere else then came to Chicago. Don't quote me on the number, but the, the point remains, yeah. You get to yeah. celebrate. It's You know what? I'll, I enjoy it. It's it's something fun to celebrate. Yeah, I'm about uh, 12 seconds into the period. Already? Okay. Yeah. So, oh, well, the point of that being I'm going to do my best to not spoil anything that happens during the game. Like, I, th- all right, this is a very 2021 type of thing that if you're following the game on Twitter, I get goals ruined for me all the time by the beat reporters who are in the building. And it's pissing me off. It's That's like, what you do to me for high school football, Dave. Well, you're not watching the game on TV, though. It's a different you don't know that. <laughs> Let me know where they're broadcasting on TV. Maybe this isn't something only I do, like because I, I have TweetDeck that live updates. But um, So we're going to try not to spoil it for everything, but the third period just started. I mean, Go ahead, Chad. The people will have the it'll will come out tomorrow, so the people will have seen the end of this game so far. Well, no, I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't want to. I, I know that, but I don't want to ruin it for any of you three. Oh, I don't care. Oh, okay. In case you're waiting with bated breath to see how this game ends, I think we're all okay. Okay. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> okay. Well, because the, the main thing we can start about talk uh, start off discussing is the 34 seconds in the second period. The Hawks scored three goals, two of them on the power play. Which means they probably won't score another power play goal till about Valentine's Day. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, yeah. Shay, I, I, I just, I, I don't even have words. Like, I'm still trying to comprehend that all that happened. So, what, what's, what are your reaction when, when you saw all that madness occur? Okay, the the, the Cat one was like, of course, it's the Brink Cat. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Paves had a really nice like pick and roll move before, like during that. And, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. And Carlson. He, and he tied up. Yeah, tied up Carlson real well right in front of the net. Exactly. So getting that, allowing for that tapping goal by the Brinkat. The Phil Kurashev goal, though, was thank God, because that kid has struggled to score so far mm-hmm. this year. And he is like somebody who shouldn't be struggling to score. He's, re- he's again, he's really good. He's been sent to Rockford for reasons um, that exist, reasons that exist. Do I agree with them? No. Uh, <laughs> like, he, him finally scoring and on the power play is 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 really solid going forward because the the Blackhawks need to get the most out of their kids and getting the most out of their kids means getting goals out of their kids and getting goals out of players like Phil Kurashev. So those I, two goals are needed. And I also would like to point out that on the goal that Kurashev scored, that was all created on a rush to the net by Kirby Doc. So yeah. like I I imagine he got a, an assist on that. I haven't checked the scoring. Because like the puck bounced around, but I, I imagine he had to get an assist on that goal. But that was just like that's hopefully what we can see more of out of Kirby Doc. Like he got a point for that. Cool. Uh, for a second, I thought he was going to finish it himself. Um, but yeah, that was wild, encouraging to see. I guess Betsy mm. is, is that like indicative of like the little things that he's been doing well that you've been talking about every time we talk about how he doesn't have any points. Yeah, I was. It's interesting because uh, Corey 
uh, released his like um all games like individual games have been broken out you could look at the his data if you pay you know give him money you know, and this is Corey schneider at uh yeah at shutdown line on twitter yeah i'm not i'm not, never gonna not try to Corey Crawford. I'm never going to try to pronounce it. I actually asked him about it. It is pronounced like, I think Schneider is the best way to do it. Schneider? Interesting. Um, Either way, you could always get his data, um, you know, support him monetarily and get his data because he's doing good work. Um, And you could do them, break them down by game. And then he had like a game score, microstat game store thing that he was doing. Um, But he just released all the like, you know, the graphs, everybody, the four quadrant graphs that everybody's used to seeing. And mm-hmm. who's at the front of ev- almost every category? It's Kane, Dabrinkit, and Doc. So, yeah, he's doing – we're seeing it. It's being quantified. I, Doc should have more points than he does. Um, I think if he keeps playing this way, he's going to be good. Okay. And I don't know if he'll yeah, be and, and as just good as a, caves, but – Just as a fact checker. Kirby Doc got a uh, primary assist on Kershev's goal, and the secondary assist went to Caleb Jones, his first assist of the year. Okay. Well, I hate to be the uh, the typecast X's and O's guy, but I think we got to give an assist to Derek King for taking advantage of that god awful Schultz TVR fucking pairing. <laughs> they are so goddamn awful. So, so you're not on the TVR bandwagon from six years ago. Well, <laughs> oh, I hated it. Oh, goddamn. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Doc Doc is great, like, talent-wise, and he should have more points, just like Betsy said. And if he keeps doing those things, he will. But, like, that's exactly what Kirby Doc and Phil Kershaw should do. When they play against a pairing like that, they should torch those motherfuckers. They're terrible. And they should be getting more shifts against those guys because the Hawks' top line or two of, you know, the, the Taves line or, or specifically that – the Brinkett Stroman Kane line is going to get the number one deep pairing from other teams all whenever they're together. Well, so, yeah, and like we love last change. And again, this is on topic, like what we've been talking about, not to grill him, but Colleton would never. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you got to take advantage of last change when you're playing a team like this, especially at home. Like, when you're at home and you have last change, you got to use it as much as you can. And I mean, come on, like that pairing is the Hawks should have multiple guys who could score on them. Yeah. So before before we get too far into hockey discussion, I, I'm curious about everyone's viewing habits and more of like not necessarily like what screen you're watching on everything, but more like are you are you the shout of the TV types? Are you mumble under your breath types? Are you sit there completely paralyzed type? Like I, I like I'll start. I I I usually watch and I don't really yell at the TV, but I, I definitely will say things out loud to the TV like what are you doing and it's usually just a lot of when you see a defenseman pinch and the puck's going the other way and it's going to be an obvious two-on-one it's a lot of uh-ohs so uh uh Shay, i'll ask you first how what are your hockey viewing habits how do you usually watch the game uh roku so i have a, I have a roku tv and that's sort of what i use for everything okay. um so i'm a, I'm an espn plus watcher um especially because i'm out of market now in st louis uh Ooh. And then I know, <laughs> and then uh, I am uh, a mumbler at the TV or uh, not usually in hockey, but no, a lot in other sports, especially football. I am a scream at the TV when uh, mostly at refs. I do not like referees. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you are, you are a Lions fan. So I imagine that leads to a lot of yelling at the TV as does being a Bears fan. So I, uh, I, as, as a Detroit Lions fan, I, uh, I do not, 
I cannot stand NFL referees and I will never be able to. I have a They're grudge etern- I have a grudge eternally against them because they continue to screw over my team and we face They're- two opponents every week. They're bad. <laughs> I'm with you. The Steelers fan and the Lions fans coming together to They're just not consistent for anybody. Well, you I I don't disagree. Um Betsy, what about you? How are your uh, how are you how do you act during watching of Blackhawks games? Uh, it depends on the game. If it's a really boring game, I'm just I'm watching it almost like you're 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 also doing other stuff while you're while you're watching it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, you kind of have to, or your brain will be like, "What is happening? I've got to go to sleep." That kind of thing. Um, if it's a really, ex- I yelled during the three goals. Like I was really <laughs> excited. I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> I was. Sure I my, was. Yeah. Um, my I found myself like more jaw to the floor in disbelief that it had happened. I was like, when Khrushchev scored, I just was like, yes, 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 clap. And then when the third one, I was just like, okay, cool. That's, I'm just excited about this now. Cause it's all the young guys. You gotta be excited about that. Um, and if there's like a really cool goal, yeah, I, I will exclaim, but it's mostly a bunch of quiet watching. And then if something cool or really bad happens, then you've got like some, what the fuck <laughs> or <laughs> yes kind of things um i might be more talkative and or like when i'm not in the bedroom of my childhood home like when (laughs) um so i know what i know like bars and stuff i was much more i was watching a college game at a bar in um at the last social drinking thing i went to um i was and i was much more vocal than and the people i was with was like, I don't understand what's even happening. And I was like, it's all good. Notre Dame is doing its thing. Well, I, I think, well, I think that's partially brought on by the alcohol <sighs> and sometimes also brought on by the, uh, um, just by being around other people. Sometimes you, yeah. you might act out a little bit more than you would at home by yourself. Cause I, I know, I know when I've watched like, like my, I have one vivid memory of Hawks and Kings game six in 2014 when Patrick Kane scored the game tying goal, like I remember he got the puck, like at the, like at the goal line extended on the boards, like salute did like a half circle to the top of the dots and skated to the high slot fired and scored. And the whole time I was like yelling out loud, do something cool, do something cool, do something cool. And then he scored and the whole bar went nuts. So that's, I, and again, that's a combination of alcohol and being around other people. Um, I feel like while we've been in the last like five minutes, while we've been talking, I've heard a few like, angry grumbles from Mills. So it sounds like that is your MO when you're watching Blackhawks. Um, yeah. So for me, I mean, Dave, you and I are kind of in the same boat. We're, we're regional. Um, yes. So I'm watching local coverage. Uh, I used to go to a, a quite a few games a year and obviously COVID and recent events have kind of changed that. But mm-hmm. um, I don't, I'm not really a big bar person unless I have a group of people. And I think it's because uh, my job used to revolve around the team. So I did like, I would get tired of like being around fans all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, So mostly watching at home. And basically the way I yell at the TV is if you've ever seen the Simpsons where uh, Flanders kid learns all the swear words from the neighbor. um, (laughs) I pretty much have taught all my neighbor kids lots of language over the years from yelling at the TV. Okay. But, but I think that's just kind of uh, the natural, like, reaction. It's really uh, – the Hawks were really exciting when we first started getting home games on TV. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, you know, backing up to our fandom. And then they uh, 
carried that into three cup wins. So like every game was like must see TV for a long right. time. So it was very edge of your seat. And I will definitely yell at the TV pretty, so, pretty frequently. I did not know I did this until I had one, my, my brother that I lived with for several years pointed out to me when the Hawks were at the height of their powers is I, I became, I'm a living room pacer. Like when the action is happening, currently doing that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like when usually it's when, when they're between whistles or commercial break, like I'll, I'll like, it's only in like high stakes playoff games, but I'll be like pacing around the living room and walking around. And then once the action starts, it's like power stance, arm crossed in front of the chest, knees bent slightly shoulder width apart, and then just lock it in and don't move until something happens. Does, does any, do any of you guys have something that changes about your demeanor when it gets to playoff hockey, other than your heart rate spiking every 10 seconds? Yeah, I get a lot more superstitious. Okay. Okay. I've muted games that you're just like, it's so intense. You're like, I've got to, I've got to mute this for a second. Just like calm myself down. Yeah. I I think like I've gotten pretty aggressive and I'm not like a aggressive or violent person. Like I'm loud, but I'm very timid as a person, but I mean, I've gotten like pretty, pretty crazy. Like especially Detroit 2013 series. I broke a fucking bar stool. (laughs) I think the most, the most, demonstrative I've ever been during a game was when Rafi Torres hit because the year before that he'd knocked out Seabrook in the same way. And we were watching at a, I think it was at a bar after a softball game, like our whole team went to the bar to watch. And then uh, that hit happened. And I think I was like half kneeling, half standing on my bar stool screaming. That's the same fucking guy that hit Seabrook last year and just losing my shit. Um, So apparently Rafi Torres brought out all the rage in me. This is also like 10 years ago when I was a, a young, much younger lad. So I had a lot more, a lot more energy about it. I was at the store working when that happened. And I remember like whoever was working, we're all like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like well, in a big public space. So, so many F-bombs. So um, I, I guess we could probably talk about the game a little bit as it's happening. Um, like the Hawks are still winning three to two fingers crossed that it'll stay that way. Um, I'm but, suddenly hungry for Jersey Mike's. <laughs> <laughs> there's why there's five Jersey Mike's ahead on the screen. What the hell? <laughs> I, I've never even eaten there, but I have a craving for it. Thank you, Hawks. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll throw us around to the panel. Uh, Shay, Mill, Betsy, or we'll, we'll start with Shay. Like we usually do keep some order in thing here. Anything you've noticed about the Hawks tonight that's uh, stood out to you other than uh, goals and they're getting, they're getting outplayed pretty badly and they've been getting outplayed pretty badly the entire game. Uh, and then Mark Andre Fleury is just like, I'm going to get five Oh one tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my main takeaway is that like flower is just like on his game tonight. Yeah. I just, uh, just pulled up the uh, old natty stat trick information and it's, uh, it's pretty gross. Like we, with uh, 12 minutes ago in the third period on this thing, They've, they're losing or they're behind 27 to 14 in scoring chances, 11 to four in high danger, getting worked in shots and shot attempts and expected goals, everything but the scoreboard. Well, actually, this is an it's an even one to one at five on five because Hawks have two power play goals and Washington has one. Uh, Betsy, what about you? Any uh, any observations from your end during the first 50 minutes now of this game? They are getting outplayed, but I'll give them some credit. Their counterattack has looked pretty good. Um, Anytime there's a short burst of, like, the Caps, like, okay, they're tired or they're 
you know, they've made like a small mistake. The Blackhawks are making the most of that. And I think most of them. Ooh, 77. Game. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys see that? I will soon. Yeah, I, th- I think was, you're ahead was, of us. I think you're ahead of all. Yeah. That was pretty. When um, <laughs> you said 77 and TJ Oshie was on the screen, so I thought you were talking about Oshie. Nah, fuck him. Oh, oh, his. Okay. <laughs> the Kirby Dak uh, neutral zone. Oh, yeah. See, see. Ooh. Okay, yeah, I, I think, think Chase saw. I think just mm-hmm. just like I feel like little little cool things like that. That's indicative of a player who's gaining more confidence. Like yes. you start to do cool shit like that when you're when you're feeling better about yourself. When that was what hot- Charlie Conway does when he hot dogs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you don't see that shit in the NHL. Like, let's be serious. That was pretty. Yeah, and we're talking about a zone entry for anybody who's fucking listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Which. Uh, Kirby Doc currently leads the Blackhawks in successful uh, percentage of those. Does does the shutdown line have like live stats like that going during the game? No, I'm not talking about in this game. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, in general, of the games that he's he's tracked, which I think it's up to like 13 or 14 for the Hawks, so not a bad percentage. So they're down to the the nine twelve mark of the third period, and while the Hawks it's still significantly lopsided in all statistics, they've only given up six shots on goal in the third period. I'll guess halfway through the third period, that's not great, but I don't know. I, I Flurry's definitely had to make a few saves. Like I, I think this will be an interesting test just to watch because they have not. I can't remember the last time the Hawks had a third period lead to like like the entire period to defend. It feels like all the games that they've won lately have either been in overtime, in the shootout, or they got like the goal in the like late in the third. Like I'm trying to think the last time they well, had it was probably Montreal, but that doesn't count because they yeah. stink. Yeah, that's a JV win. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the last time they had to really shut down a team that had a decent, a average to above uh average offense for an entire I, I, period. So I feel like I'd like to see the Hawks uh, attack a little more. It feels like they're kind of just trying not to get scored on and their passing looks really sloppy. Like they're kind of playing hot potato and they're moving their legs, but it's like, Hey guys, like let's set up camp and create some shooting lanes instead of just fucking like swatted out of the zone. You know? No, that's not what they do. (laughs) No, I know, but that's what I want them to do. Betsy, you don't understand that. I want to see it. I do too. They're still really bad on the four check. I know they're just kind of they just kind of float. They're not like really aggressive. They're just like, "Hey, we're here. What's up?" That's <laughs> when they, um, I think it's Jack Han. This was when we then did the interview with uh, Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter. Who all the analytics stat dorks know who that is. He referenced Jack Han Hockey, who wrote a book, and I, I forgot <sighs> it was an it was an ebook, and there was a section of it that explained why the Blackhawks are bad at defense. And I forgot to read it, and then Carlton got fired, and now it feels irrelevant because they've ch- they've changed things a little bit. But I think you answered your own question there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but he also like he recently wrote like how the Hawks have fixed it, but then he mentioned that the forecheck is still not great because it's very loosely organized. It's not. Um, it's just they're kind of there, but there's not really a purpose to what they're doing. Like there's just there's. There's just three guys in the three forwards in the zone, but not really a significant rhyme or reason to how they're there. And they're not really working as a group. They're working as three individuals. And that's why their forecheck doesn't seem to be. Nice easy. play by Kurish. Sorry, just commenting on what I just saw. They're getting outshot terribly right now, too. I was going to say, I, I, yeah, I was about to say. All of, their, all of their shots are coming off the rush. 
Mm-hmm. I hate to sound like uh, like heathen, but it's kind of like, hey, Hawks, you got to kind of grow up here and just go after it in the offensive zone. Like, they're just so timid. Yeah, I was going to say, like, throughout this entire game, my, one, of my, one of my thoughts has been the Blackhawks would be really good if they had any offense whatsoever. Doc's been going after it, it looks like, through every zone entry. And I know, Betsy, you brought that up, that he's been one of the, the, the best Hawks as far as zone entry success. But he looks like he's got a little bit of extra step. Um, oh, we've talked about this before, fuck. but it would, it would definitely help if oh no, they had at least some. Sorry, uh, on my head, that was bad awful. Spoilers, bad spoilers. Oh, you guys don't even know. Um, it would help. If, Eller. Oh, for yeah. fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> All of us reacting at different times is great. Look, I love Connor Murphy, but what? come on. <laughs> Shade that. I love it. Oh, Jake McCabe kind of sucked on that too, though. What the fuck? I don't like them together. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I I really, I was hoping for them to be like an ideal shutdown pairing, but uh, no. Well, like, we, I don't think, we all I don't think they complement each other. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like we all love Connor Murphy, but I feel like he suffered because of the pairing. And McCabe's fine too, but not with Murphy. Oh, oh, Flirt. You know what? That was just bad. I don't by everybody. blame Murphy. I don't blame Murphy for that. No, he like did that's, what he could. That's that's like just a, Lars Eller getting it off while falling down. I feel like that's another one that Flurry probably is going to want to have back. Yeah, I just think on that type of play, you're supposed to crash the towards the slot if you're five. That's just from my my vantage yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, it certainly could have been played better defensively, but I also like. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes when the Hawks, what do you want? Sometimes, sometimes when the Hawks get scored on, it looks like somebody's just like rolling a bowling ball down the lane. It's like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? Like, <laughs> goddamn Hawks. I, I don't. So I tweeted this from the, the main account tonight, and I, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this quickly. Was that I don't see why they don't just put Kane, DeBrinket, and Strom together and just that would make too much them, sense. Just leave them for a month. And let everyone else worry about defense, or, or one or two of the other lines. Just let let put those guys together. Let them take as I as they take a defensive zone draw. Let them take all the offensive <laughs> zone starts, and just let them fucking score. And to hell with everything else. I love you, Dylan Strong. <laughs> I, I I feel I feel like I know I know I know Betsy. You're not a you're not a Bruce Boudreaux person, but if Bruce Boudreaux was in charge of this team, I think that's what he'd just be doing. Oh, for sure. I it's not that I'm not a. F- I'm not a fan of him come playoff time. He's a great regular right. season. He's coach. A, I think he might. I'm. A, I think he arguably is the best head coach currently active in in terms of the regular season. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's. What what, what team did he just get? Didn't they just win Vancouver? Their, right. Ben, yeah. yeah. He's he's there. He was he was the first head coach in Vancouver Canucks franchise history to win four, all four all four of his first games. I think yeah. they won five now too. Well, you yeah, know the thing about I think they're at five. Yeah. Boudreaux really holds. Like, if you guys have ever watched the behind the scenes stuff where it's like uncensored, like he really holds his guys accountable. Like. He doesn't like kind of tiptoe around there yeah. and beat around the bush. Like he's like, Hey, get your fucking head out of your ass. And it's like, that's some, the Hawks are, that's kind of what they need. Like it's not so all over the place. Like Dave said, keep that line together. It's kind of straightforward. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, feel, I feel like, or keep going. I, go, go ahead. <laughs> a solution to a solution to Bruce, to Boudreau, if he is ever coaches in Chicago soon, uh, coaching in Chicago would be, you know, Patrick Kane, 
in game sevens and just be like, okay, Kane, take over, take over this game. <laughs> it's true. Yep. Well, the only problem is that guy's uh, 33 years old now. And I don't know when the Hawks are going to make the playoffs again. And like, I don't know if he's going to be able to take over game seven by the next time the Hawks are in the playoffs. So <laughs> shut up. Oshie, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, uh, Boudreaux's on, only on a two-year deal, and apparently NHL teams don't like having their coaches on a one year with on a contract with just one year left. So see, he might be a free agent this offseason. See, this is the mill I expected during house games. Just fuck this. What? Fuck oh, that. if we were at the game, I'd be like, take a seat, you asshole. Like, I, I get really pissed off. I well, I, we'll go soon, but yeah. it just. You're going to have to – you might not want to sit by me after a first period. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm sure there will be plenty of empty seats. I can move to somewhere else if I need to. All right, power play, do you think? Yeah. It's a, All right, uh, Mill, I swear to God, if you ruin this power play goal, if, if they score – I'll I, mute myself. I want, you, I want you to fist pump furiously, but don't say a word. I usually – when something good happens, I'm usually just kind of like – I kind of soak it in, like especially – um, this sound, might sound weird, but like I've seen so many goals scored in person from going to games that I kind of don't – jump out of my seat unless it's like a game tying or game winning goal. I'm usually kind of like trying to see what happened, but when they play like shit is when I get really mad. <laughs> like, because it's usually unnecessary. It's not like, Oh, like that guy, like, you know, it's not like if you get owned by Crosby or Ovechkin or something fine, but like when you're giving up shitty plays to shitty players, that just <gasps> doesn't make sense. <gasps> see, this is this ah! when the Hawks get within like an inch of a goal twice in two seconds. You gotta lift it, bro. Maybe that's karma, ju- karma justice for uh, for getting three goals in thirty seconds. I love Hagel in the slot, by the way. Oh my god, Hagel kind of—he's like the inbound uh, defender in basketball game. <laughs> this is a different power play unit too, because it's uh, Strom, Hagel, and Jones. Kane Strom barely got a touch on that. Is the thing. All because right. Hagel fucking hit him. He, he didn't have enough space to lift it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick timeout. We're gonna watch the rest of this power play. We're gonna come back on the other <laughs> side of this timeout and talk about some more things and hopefully a four to three Hawks lead. So come on back and listen uh, after the other side of this quick break. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. And hey, it's a four to three Blackhawks lead. Because uh, apparently the Blackhawks power play is getting their quota of goals for the rest of the season out of the way tonight. Or maybe or, scoring all the goals they didn't score for the last month. I don't yeah, know. I was going to say, this is the first time they've, they've scored four back-to-back. Or even, yeah. I think, there was one other time they scored uh, five and three back-to-back, but one was against Ottawa, so I'm not sure that counts. So, or we so collectively what you're are going to get them. shut out in the next game is what you're telling me. <laughs> Not just a power play, the whole team. I mean, we collectively motherfucked them. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, the good news is they face Nashville. I don't. I don't think UC Soros is putting up well, a shutout. Well, will they? Because I'm what not you sure, mean? I'm not sure they're going to play the Predators on Friday. Maybe the Smashville Predators, according to the jersey. Oh Jesus! Christ. With different fonts on it, let's, size let's, size fonts. Sorry. Let's, let's not get into that because that's just. <laughs> Looking at things that are just going to drive you insane. But, um, yeah, uh, so so this is actually something briefly I did want to touch on really quick. Like, all the COVID stuff that's circling in the the NHL, and it's not just the NHL, it's the NFL, it's the NBA. And, like, I can tell you uh, from being around high school sports, it's happening all over high school sports. Like, there's uh, uh, games getting canceled every day. So, I I don't want to go and say it feels like, you know, March, 2020, when 
it, I remember like it got started with uh, they started canceling like all the conference tournaments for college basketball. And then that led to like the, the NBA and the NHL and everyone else and everything just kind of getting shut down all at once. And I don't think that's where it's going, but it just, it feels so, it feels like it's everywhere and I don't know what the hell is going to happen next. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts or similar thought like this or just general feelings, but um, Shay, I guess I'll, I'll start with you again. I guess the, the last week where COVID number tests and everything are just shooting up and you're seeing all these athletes test positive and go into protocol. What kind of things have crossed your mind in the last week? They're protected. Unlike in March, 2020. Well, that's, um, there is. And I, that, I think that's why the, like the, the idea of like everything getting shut down again, I it feels like we're probably not heading in that direction for that reason. So thank yes. God we have a vaccine. Every and, and every NHL player and every AHL player are vaccinated except one in both leagues. Yeah, and I, and then I think uh, that, like they've already started talking about. I don't think they put a number to it, but they said a lot of guys have gotten boosted as well, which is good because yeah, they, Milan Lucic, Milan Lucic of all people said like yeah, a lot of the the guys on the Calgary Flames are boosted too, including myself. And it's like, how is Milan hey, Lucic ahead of a lot of people? Hey, on this? he might be shitty on the ice, but he's Serbian. He's smart. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a my, decent person. My countryman. Yeah, I know he's your countryman, but I we're not going to have any uh, Milan Lucic praise on this podcast. I'm sorry, Mel. You oh, pick, I'm, not, I'm just saying. I'm just, just saying. Just don't, like don't. pick Dusan oh, Tadic. He's a soccer player. Just roll with him. Well, hey, no, no, no. I'm not saying like you should praise him. I'm just saying he's not an idiot. He's just a moron on the I, ice. He's not an idiot. He's just a moron. I got. I, we don't even yeah. need the on the ice qualifier. He's not an idiot. He's just a moron. That is uh, the official stance on Milan Lucic. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's very, it, I guess unsettling is the word I would use like to be like, like, it's just, it's, it, it just, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. And then within a week, it, it just popped up everywhere. Uh, Betsy, any, any thoughts related to all of that? I think you're right. I don't think they're going to shut it down. Um, this is just going to be how life is going forward. And yeah. I, the good news is that I think, I think like 99% of the players that have gone into protocol, they like some type of report has come out that they either aren't even, they don't have any symptoms. The only reason they even found is because, you know, they get tested regularly or Mm -hmm. it was extremely mild. Like you haven't heard about anybody, any of the players being on protocol long-term because of a sickness. Uh, Borgstrom is out with a non-COVID. Bad shrimp, they keep yeah. saying, which it's starting to be like some really, really bad shrimp, apparently. Isn't that like just their code word for Yeah, that's that's their code <laughs> that he's he got some sort of virus or something. King yeah, and, and shrimp, he's but. been out longer. Like they even put him on IR retro retroactively um, than most of the COVID guys are. So it's an, it's an interesting, like people, we just have to get used to it. They might, like I know Canada just went back down to at least certain parts of Canada just went back down to 50% capacity in entertainment yeah. venues. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if the U S will do that. I, it depends on um, each. I think mo- people in the U S are kind of over it. Um, it, it whether does that's, feel that way. Yes. Um, but they might become more strict with, instead of it being a, you can have a negative test. They might say, no, you just have to be vaccinated. I, I know there are some concert venues in Chicago that have transitioned from the vaccine card or a negative test to vaccine card only that they will no longer accept negative tests. I think I, I want to say the Metro was the first one, but I could be wrong on that. So don't quote me. But uh, but yeah, it's just 
I think the way you said it, Betsy, like this is just kind of going to be the way it is for a while. And hopefully, um, I, I hope like hell that like the spike that feels like it's coming for the next one to two months in the northern half of the country. I hope to God is the last one, but who, who fucking knows at this point? Uh, but on, on positive things, uh, the Hawks are still winning. Hawks are winning with like a with a little over a minute left. Yeah, I, I'm down. I'm I got down to 139, so Mills probably ahead, but um, 135 right now. There's there's certainly like like we've we've mentioned a few times, like they've gotten roundly outshot and and probably outplayed at five on five. The the and they're winning because they got three power play goals. Like this was the only way they would win games under Colleton is if their power play would go off, go off for a night. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I can, I can live with this for a night. Like this has not been the way they've been winning all the time. So the fact that they're getting so outshot and everything, like it's okay for a night, if it becomes a consistent thing, that's when we're going to have some issues. But uh, for now, I think you'll, if, if they're able to, to kill off this last minute, I think you'll, you'll take the two points and you'll move on for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think the funny thing is if they can get the two points here, they've taken four from the Capitals and just surrendered one in the overtime shootout. Yeah, that's and, pretty solid against this team. And man, I, I was just looking at the NHL standings, and we'll, I'm going to pull these up again real quick because, like, it's the the playoff standings. Like, it's just it feels so. Uh, every time I look at the standings, it's pretty frustrating because, like, the Hawks have been playing decently of late like i think they're nine and six under king so far i forgot their coaches love you a lot (laughs) (laughs) as did i but here's what the top four teams in the central division have done in their last 10 games minnesota eight and two st louis six one and three colorado seven two and one nashville seven and three the hawks have gone five and five in their last 10 and they've lost ground to every team above them it's pretty much because they couldn't score yeah because they couldn't score but it's just like that, and I think the biggest difference that I, I didn't realize how big of a gap this was. Um, the top, you know, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Colorado have goal differentials in the 20s in the positive side. Nashville and Winnipeg are, are just in the positive in single digits. The Hawks are minus 24. Jesus. Holy shit. I did not realize the goal differential was that bad. I think it's just it, the it's contrasting how bad they were during those first 12 games under Carlton with the relatively better hockey they've been playing under Derek King. Yeah. How is Hagel the only one out on the ice with a beard? Um, think about <laughs> the goals that were scored against them in the first so many games. It was like four, four, five, four, four, six, right. four, six. I mean, that's, that's, that's bad. And yes, I think Flurry and Lincoln and both weren't playing their best hockey, but like they were also the worst defensive team in the league. And, only Vancouver came slightly close to that. Yeah. I mean, if, if uh, the goalies were playing bad, they just matched what everyone else was doing for the first month of the season. So it's hard to, hard to pin too much on them. Yeah. And the for the first, team effort, the first <laughs> little bit of um, the transition when like there were like five, oh, son of a bitch. I know. I swear to God, there's I'm sorry. seconds left. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got it. Mm. There's no, there's no way. I should have muted myself. I'm sorry. Three seconds. Oh, my brother just cashed on a bet, though, so he's happy. <laughs> What'd you bet? Ovechkin have two points. Oh, you got to be fucking kidding. Oh, my God. Oh, oh happened, my man. God. Uh, oh, this fucking poor, team. Poor Flurry. 
He was all yeah, sad. No, bud. Of all motherfuckers to be on the ice, TJ Oshie, I still can't stand him. Oh, and that thing just bounced in there, too. It was not like a straight, like, it, oh, it was an ugly goal. Motherfucker. God also, they called that freaking cross check that TJ Oshie literally did right before that. Derek King looks like he just pissed himself. Oh. Pissed, Wait, they're reviewing uh, this. He pissed McCabe off, so McCabe just became destructive and it ruined it, ruined his partner, ruined the ruined the fucking goal. Aren't you oh, supposed to play it, good McCabe. after you have a after your wife has a kid? Aren't you supposed to play awesome for like two weeks? <laughs> I think it's just one game. Just Patrick, they Sharp, get a goal. It's, just, it's just Patrick Sharp. <laughs> oh, they're challenging for offsides. This would be. This oh, is, this is the hilarious thing that happens with hockey, like when they. Like, oh, bro, he was way offsides. Okay, like, good, because I was going to be like, I played. No, oh, and it was Oshi too. Oh, that motherfucker. Good for you, Oshi. I'm I'm getting my first uh, replay now. He was way offsides. Oh, he's very yeah. offsides. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, he did not touch the puck, and I think almost both skates are offsides. That was like some and one mixtape type shit. I hope they call that, but after the Kane one that they – they called yeah. even though it was like okay i get it if it had been like you know, <laughs> 90% of the rest of the nhl but it, if it's patrick kane or mcdavid or no they're calling Aaron it ovi's pissed ovi looks pissed they're definitely calling it back cuz he knows dun, dun, dun. do it just okay stop spitting That's this is all on the ice is a no see i told you he looks pissed yeah well i mean uh, eventually it seems like he's pissed so much what what? No that's way. Uh, There's no way. Are they going to say that he had possession of the puck? Because that's exactly what they they ruled uh, on the Kane goal. They, on the Kane one, they said he didn't have the puck. Unrelated, but the girl behind the glass was drinking an aluminum bottled beer. So that's, that's uh, my type of thing. <laughs> I'm here for the aluminum bottles, but that was definitely offsides. Oh, oh. come on. That's, that's bullshit. That's, yeah. Come on. This is on local TV, too. It's not like it's on ESPN. No, there's no way. Patrick Kane had way more <laughs> possession of the puck than TJ fucking Oshi just did. That's stupid. And now they're going to play a Blackhawks TikTok ad as if I want to well, fucking see that Well, and now the, the Caps are going to have power play time going into overtime. We got to fuck. We gotta fucking, we gotta fucking find a way to fight that off. I, I, I don't, I don't understand how that's not off. Like it's just this. This is the entire problem with the NHL is the inconsistent, uh, All right. inconsistent application of the rules. Like this goes, this goes back to us bitching about the NFL refs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I, I, I'm, I'm, I just, I hope somebody pulls up the replay of the Kane play because this is exactly what was called offsides with Patrick Kane, and I don't understand how the fuck that's not offsides then by the same well, rule. Well, I happen to have some of those aluminum bottle beers that they sell at the UC, so I'm going to crack that for overtime for good luck. Yeah, I'm about to crack another beer just out of frustration. Like this, man. God, that's Here's so Steve. annoying. Sorry, I'm sitting here with my brother watching the game, and uh, I don't think he has anything to say except uh, don't have a cow, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Bart. He's got that on his shirt. That's why. <laughs> um, yeah, it was against it was against St. Louis on the day after Thanksgiving. You know, it's funny, like the the power play in overtime. I'd like to know the the analytics on on that. Like, I feel like it's probably a good success rate, but it's also so rare. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the two point conversion shit in the NFL. Wait, on, on what? So, like, I'd like to know the power play percent in overtime oh, okay. for NFL, NHL teams because. 
I feel like it's probably highly successful, but it's so rare that there's not a lot of sample size. No, there's, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, cause well, the, it's like. The thought was always that with four on three, cause you have more ice, you have more space to operate that it's a lot. Uh, right. But it's the same shit. Like in the NFL, when they go for two at the end of the game and it's like, well, the analytics say it works. It's like, yeah, cause nobody does it. <laughs> It's like one of those weird things. And I'm, I mean, I'm pro analytics. I'm just saying like, I'd like to know the numbers on this because I feel like as a Hawks fan, my whole life, I've seen the Hawks uh, shit the bed with the power play and overtime a bunch. I have a, I have two questions real fast. Go ahead. Was, was, uh, I, I remember watching the fourth line and one of them is like a real tiny dude who's real zippy. And is that Josiah Slavin? Uh, no, Josiah Slavin is neither small nor zippy. He's like <laughs> zippy. Cool. And he doesn't <laughs> somebody was somebody fast. was skating very fast. And I was like, holy crap, this guy's good. Was that Hagel? That might have been Hagel. It was probably Antwistle, because yeah, uh, Antwistle's got way in he's not sh- he's not short, but when he, he skates, he gets into a lane pretty well, so he looks shorter and he skates his ass off. And there's a lot of counterfeit green Hawks jerseys downstairs. That's super on brand. I saw there's I a second. Dave Manson one in the crowd to the right. Which I mean, right, I think right next to a TJ Oshi one. You know what? Respect the Dave Manson jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. A, there's and then the second one is that how how long has it been since Kane scored? Um, a while. It's been a while. Thank you, thank you, Aaron Lewis. Uh, I'm gonna have to look that up because I don't know for a fact, but yeah, yeah. Well, Kane's. I think Kane was lumped in the same goal scoring drought that the entire team was in, and he got one against yeah. New York Rangers on December fourth. So only eleven games or eleven days, excuse me. Okay. But he like he's only got seven on the season, which and finish it early on. So low. <laughs> so Kane's got one goal. Oh, oh. Kane's got one goal since November twentieth. So okay. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the other the, the other thing I was worried about with uh, recording a podcast during the game is there going to be a lot of dead air. No, the reason the reason I'm laughing is because. Oh, there we go. Texas's own. Oh wow! Look at Caleb that. Jones. Yeah, Amy's youngest. Out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> I, I when I when I saw the puck go in, I, I just saw the two. I I just assumed it was the break. And I'm like, oh, Caleb hey, Jones is you know what? winning goals. Nice, uh, nice play by Kirby Doc to put it on fucking net instead of passing it because that turned into the game winning goal. So good job, Kirby. And good job, Caleb. Honestly, Kirby Doc had a very. Kirby Doc had a very good night tonight. Good Kirby night. Doc did have a good night. Yeah. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say cheers, uh, whatever you're drinking, to Kirby Doc. Yeah, our, I, our collective star of the game. So I, I guess we'll do a real quick uh, a live verdict on the game. Like, I mean, again, not not an ideal situation to give up no. the late goal and they got outplayed a ton of five on five. But if <laughs> no. I think I'll go back to what I said earlier that if you if this does not if, you know. They play better in the next game. Like you'll just take the two points and you move on. Uh, Shay, what about you? What are your immediate uh, in the cut thoughts about the game tonight? Yeah, they got to play better at five on five. They got to score more than one goal at five on five. But overall, a nice, nice night. And I had a five on one. Like I said, for flurry. Yeah, look good, at that. Exactly. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we don't say that enough. Good, good for Mark Andre Flurry. One of the, one of the legitimate good dudes in hockey. By hey, all. Hey, Caleb in- Jones got third star. Oh, well, yeah, wasn't that his first yes. goal? He, he got. Uh, I think he might have gotten both. If if that was his first and goal, you covered. both uh, both his first goal and his first assist in his in a in one game. You are uh, correct. Shay. He did not have any points this season until tonight. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, that makes so that makes sense as, as third uh, very on brand of Chicago to boo Ovechkin. <laughs> Betsy, what about you? Your uh, your post game thoughts? Uh, wasn't it was a fun game to watch? Um, would have been more fun if they could have controlled the puck a little bit more. But again, I'm giving them credit for they can't. It's really hard for these really good teams for the Hawks to match up against them. So being able to counter on some mistakes i'm going to give them credit for that because i think they did a they did a good job of that their best scoring chances came off of being able to spring into action and i was would have been better if they could get zone time and that kind of stuff but you know what take what you can improve upon it do it more consistently in the future mill what what your your quick recap of the game um honestly i'll just go to the end of the game uh because i agree with what everyone else said uh, it sucks to have to go into that situation, but you know what? That's a sign of improvement because the older Hawks from earlier in the year and last year would not have won this game. There you go. So that's I, a very I, good sign. I think that's a very good point. Uh, the mental fortitude of the team uh, is significantly improved from where it was at the start of the season. Absolutely. Uh, got two quick questions that we want to hit from the uh, SCH commentariat before we get into our, our food discussion for the day. First one's from KCR wants to know, Given the usage of Lankanen and his numbers this year, do you think Links is the team's future goalie plans? And if not, what do you think it looks like? Well, um, as far as what it looks like, it's it's probably not Marc-Andre Fleury would be my thoughts. And then no. if it's not Kevin Lankanen, I don't fucking know who it's going to be. Because uh, Drew, uh, Drew Comiso is playing very well for Boston, but he's several years away. Um and I don't think they have any other goalies in the system that are threatening. So, uh, Shady, do you have anything else other than your quick uh, no, it's not going to be Flurry? I don't assume so, that. Yeah, Flurry Flurry's, Flurry's old. And I, I hate to say that. He's going to go to a contender next year um, if he's going to play at all. Uh, and uh, he, he might back. He, like, he, he straight up might just move his family back to Vegas. Um, I... Or he might go back to Canada and retire. <laughs> exactly. Camesso uh, is probably the long-term option because he continues to play well. Um, yeah. and I think looking at Jake Ottinger and how he's doing in Dallas, I think hopefully that's the model for Camesso. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the near future, I think it has to be Lincoln. And I don't know, like it, I, they just traded Subban, unless it's Delia. I don't think it's Delia. No, I, I it's... I think Delia was like Subban. Yeah, got traded away, and with Delia, like you guys are missing one goalie. Oh, or Arvid Soderblom. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. Because maybe I don't. I mean, maybe next year it's Soderblom and Lankinen together as the one and the two, and, and maybe Soderblom but, is like t- only twenty-two. Yeah, he's young. We'll see, and that's that's like it feels like there's been a shift in the NHL towards rushing skaters to the NHL you know, getting them up there quicker. There's not this like long development process, but it doesn't seem like that's happening with goalies yet. seems like they're I still mean, a slow, unless they're like a first round pick, like your Carter hearts or your vessel. Yes. Lessons. And your, and your Ottingers. And your Knights. Yeah. So, I think, uh, I think it has to be Lincoln. And if you think about how he played last year for most of the year, um, and then look at that, the fact that he's learning from a future hall of famer, who's one of the greatest of all time this year, and if you put this defense in front of him, I think he could do a decent job. I think, yeah, I, I think the the answer to that would be it's somewhat dependent on how Lankinen plays for the rest of the season. If he plays well, it's probably Lankinen and a veteran offseason signing as the backup in an insurance policy. If Lankinen doesn't play well the rest of the season, 
then then things get a little bit hairier. But yeah, I think that's that's a fair way to go. And then one I, say, more, I think your point, Dave, is really good about like those guys are not going to come up anytime soon. Yeah, I, yeah, goalies. Yeah, and even Soderblom, although he's in the Soderblom, I think Blom. I don't know. They pronounce Soder. it Bloom Blom. Soder Bloom. Yeah. Okay. Soder Boom. Like Adam Cole. Yeah, like, yes, he's in the AHL, but go look at how long Corey Crawford played in the AHL before he jumped up to the NHL. So I think it's still going to be a while before he is ready to make the leap. I would assume. The goal, Corey Crawford. I will, I will say, he looks really good for the fact that the Rockford Ice Hogs are fucking terrible. <laughs> They're not good. They well, they lost their coach, right? Yeah. Well, they, aren't they? I feel like they've been winning more of late. Because their goalies are doing better. Okay. Well, that's yeah. That I also, know. That's you know, Kershaw went down there and scored a little bit, and uh, and Lucas yeah. Reichel's back. So, mm-hmm. um, weird because Comesso actually started the season pretty poorly. Um, there were there was like talk about well, he's still the best U.S. goalie, but man, that sucks for the USA World Junior Team. But he's had like three or four now good games in a row. So hopefully that means he's going back up. He was under 900 for his first like little bit and he just hit 900, which is good. Well, yeah. And that's, I think that'll be something to keep an eye on during the world juniors is watching, uh, watching comics. Yeah. He's good on the big stage. Yeah. So that, that, and, and, and good things that usually when guys farewell on that stage, it portends to, uh, um, it just it's it's a good sign for the rest of their careers. It doesn't make or break them necessarily, but you know it certainly certainly doesn't hurt if they if they go to the World Juniors and have a really big showing. Um, well, other question from Skyscraper John wants to know uh, which of the Hawks' fringe NHL young players are developing the best, and I think the first one would be of the group. I I'd probably lean toward Mackenzie and Twistle. I mean, a, a kind of a limited sample size and maybe some recency bias because he did score tonight, but I really liked him in the first dozen games this year, and he looked pretty good again tonight. Um, I guess it kind of depends on how you define the fringe NHL players thing, but anybody else? Like, I mean, I know we're, we're all big Phil Kershaw fans out here. But. For, for me, it's the best fringe NHL player, Strom. 